You are listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at journeycc.net. Today's message is brought to you by Scott McFarland. We hope you enjoy. Hey, we're going to be in Luke chapter 8 today. You can grab your Bibles and turn there or your devices if you're watching from home. Love for you to join us in that text. This is an incredible thing. We've been going through and talking about crossroads, how Jesus, uh, through the stories that Luke captured, through his movement and, and miracles, and then through his teaching, which we're going to be getting into the next several weeks, and then into the last week of his life, he would bring people to a crossroads in their life and then show you the road to the cross. The idea being, when you hit these crossroads in your life, there is a path, a road to take that will lead to life, and he wants to make sure we take it. Sometimes those crossroads are not roads at all. It feels more like a lake. I was reading the story of Philip Yancey was writing the story about a friend of his who went out one evening at the end of the day to swim out in this big lake. And he was getting about 100 yards out and just enjoying the beautiful evening as the sun was about to set. And just as the sun's about to set, a fog rolls right over the lake. It was a shock fog. It goes right in, quickly covered the lake, blocked off any sign of life from the coast. He couldn't see a thing that way. Blocked off the light of the sun so he couldn't make out anything. And within a few minutes, he's in the dark. And he's swimming and swimming, thinking, i got to get back to shore, but how do I, where do I go? What do I do? And he starts one way and then loses confidence, and he turns right, and he starts swimming another way, and then he loses confidence with that. And before you knew it, he's completely lost in the lake with no idea which way to go to get home. And so then he stopped, and he started floating for a minute to catch his breath. And then he took off one direction, and then he stopped because he was scared again, and and before you knew it, he, he's like, I'm going to die out here. Well, then as he waited, he heard voices from the shoreline, friends of his who were yelling out his name. And by hearing the voices and moving and swimming towards the voices, he finally got to the shoreline. Today, I want to talk about that feeling. Luke chapter 8 is the beginning of several teachings from Jesus that are huge paramount teachings for all of us. In fact, Luke documents the three most powerful parables of Jesus. The first one we're going to cover today is the parable of the seed. It's covered in many of the Gospels. In other, the other two are the Good Samaritan and then the parable of the lost son, the prodigal. You may know that story. We'll get to those later. Today I want to cover this first parable, Luke chapter 8, but... <laughs> Like any other teacher who knows, if there's teachers in the room, you know this is true. Like all of us as parents know, like many of you who are students, you know this, there is no teaching without a test. Come on. It's the test that shows what you learned. And every teacher would say amen to that. Today, Jesus, I want to start in Luke chapter 8 with the test and then back up to the teaching, the parable of the seeds. So bear with me on that. We'll get back to the seeds, the four types of ground, and all of that in a minute. But I want to move ahead and look at the test, because here's the thing. If you can't pass the test, you haven't learned the information yet. Do you get that? Yes. Students, <clears throat> do you get that? If you can't pass the test, 
You haven't learned the teaching. So that's where, let's look at the test, and then we'll back up into the teaching. It's in Luke chapter 8, starting at verse 22. Let's read it together. It says, one day Jesus said to his disciples, hey guys, let's go over to the other side of the lake. Okay, cool, Jesus. So they get in the boat and they set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. Jesus fell asleep and a squall comes down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped by water. And they were in great danger. Everybody say, great danger. Great danger. You're right. They, Carson, you're right. They're quieter than 8.30, 9 o'clock. Say, great danger. Great danger. I want you to feel that fear for just a second. The disciples went and woke up Jesus saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. And he got up and rebuked the wind and the waters, the raging waters. And the storm subsided. And all was calm. And then he turns to his disciples and says, Where is your faith? That's what he asked. And in fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Now, just pause there for a second. Let's talk about this test. With every teaching, there is a test. Let me just say that again because it's true. With every teaching, there is a test. Jesus is going to see if they learned what he taught. Now here's why this is so important. The disciples had heard this parable of the seeds. We'll get to that. And then they asked him on the side, like, okay, Jesus, explain that to us. We're not getting it. Like, what does that mean? And he gives them the explanation. We got it, Jesus. Okay, good. Thank you for that explanation. We understand. We're your disciples. We're your buds. We're following you around. We get it. We're doing what you said in that parable. We are following you. We are open to you. We're receiving your instructions. We're obeying them. We got this. Huh. Okay. A couple days later, guys, let's go across the lake. Now, they've done this many, many times. Some of them are professional fishermen. They know how to cross the lake in a boat. They've done it. They get it. They've been through storms before. They understand. Jesus says, I'm taking a nap. I'm going to go to sleep. He's, you know, we got this, Jesus. We got this, Jesus. We got it, man. Go ahead. You've been working hard. Just go to sleep. We'll, we'll call you if we need you. You ever told Jesus you got this? Think about it. Oh, I don't need your help with this situation. I, I'm going to take care of this relationship. Oh, I'm, I've, I've got my finances in order. I'm gonna, I've got it covered. I don't need your help with that. Or Jesus, you, you just relax and take care of other people who really need it. You, you give them the food. We got plenty. All right. Let's find out if you got this. I remember sixth grade, for all of you students out there, I remember in sixth grade, we were having a test. I think it was a science class, and we we're going to have a test on Friday. It's Tuesday. Friends of mine were saying, hey, Scott, you better stay for that test. It's going to be a hard one. No, I got this. I, I've got it covered. I've been studying. I already know this material. Get to Friday. Get the test. I look at the paper. It's on a chapter I haven't studied. For many of us, we tell God we got this, and he knows we don't. 
some of you, you're feeling that right now. That fear is there. That fog has come in. The storm is pounding the boat of your life and you, you don't know what to do. That squall, they talk about a squall. A squall is just an accumulation of water, rain, in clouds and it hides or it's below the mountain line. And, but then when it grows enough and big enough, it crosses over the mountain and then comes flying down to the lake on the other side. Tahoe gets these all the time where it'll be in the Sierras and the accumulation of that cloud Front will build and then it will go right down on that. And when you're in a lake, when a squall comes down, you are in trouble. It's a test. Jesus wastes nothing in your life. The struggle you face, the boat being sunk, the, the fear you go through, that is something God is using to help you grow. So here's a squall, and if you're professional sailors and your boat's getting filled with water, what do you do? Everybody, do you know what you do? What do you do? Bail it out. That's what they started doing. I mean, you would too. Hey, I grab my bucket, bail. Oh, let's grab a hat, whatever. Uh, let's bail out. Jesus is asleep. We're not going to bother him with this. Let's come on, guys, get after it. And all these guys are bailing the water out. You know what testing does in your life? It shows what you truly believe and what you fear. Just like a physical test tests your knowledge to see what you've acquired as far as information, a spiritual test tests your belief and your fears. That's what it reveals. So they believed they were going to bail out the fear. You ever thought you could do that? Oh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of getting alone. I'm going to bail out my fear and do something to keep a relationship going. Maybe that one that's not, I shouldn't be in. I'm afraid of what it, the market's going to do. So I better accumulate and hold on to everything I got. I'm afraid of, of what my kids might have happened to them. So I'm just going to control them and hold on to them and not let them do anything that's outside my safety zone. I'm afraid of what might happen in the future. So I'm going to keep everybody away from me. I don't want to be around anybody that might get me sick. I'm a, I can go on. You ever feel like you're bailing? Anybody? It's funny how that works. Eventually, the test proves that you can't bail fast enough. You're not in charge. You don't have control. And the fear starts to take over. Testing reveals what we believe and what we fear. So I'm, I'm just curious, what is it you fear? Not, not what you're scared of. I'm scared of snakes. I have a healthy respect of snakes. If they stay over there, I'll stay over here, we're good. Anybody with me? I'm talking about fear. I'm talking about, come on, reality. I'm talking about fear of being alone. I'm talking about fear of missing out. I'm talking about fear of death. That's the ultimate fear for human beings. 
I'm talking about fear of financial failure. I'm talking about fear of failure altogether. I'm afraid of failing, so I don't even try. I'm, I'm, try, I'm talking about those fears that get hold of us and hold us back. See, when you and I face a storm in life, God uses it to reveal to us what we're afraid of and what we really believe. And for most human beings, we believe we have to be the one in control for us to overcome the fear. <laughs> Look at the disciples' response in this text again. You know what they say? They finally get to this point where like, we can't bail fast enough. The boat's going down. Jesus, wake up. Now that's a whole nother sermon about Jesus being asleep. We'd talk about that another time. He's letting the test work. But then he says, they say, Jesus, wake up. Good, smart, probably your best prayer ever. Jesus, help me. Hey, that prayer works every time, by the way. Can we practice it? I'm going to give you a prayer one-on-one. Just say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. It's the best prayer. He loves that prayer. But then they added a little something to the prayer. We're gonna drown. Really? That doesn't sound like faith to me. That really doesn't even sound like fear. That sounds like fact. They really believed that there was no hope. I'm wondering what your cry to God these days is. I mean, could it be the last two years we've been in a test? Could it be the last two years we've been finding out where our faith really lies? Are we so scared that we've missed the point about who's the captain of the ship? I love what Jesus does. He doesn't lecture them about their fear. He doesn't say, you're not allowed to have any fear. He just calms the problem. You ever had Jesus do that for you? You ever appeal to God and then you notice days, weeks, maybe even months later, the storm calmed down? You're probably on to the next storm. He calms the storm. Then he turns to his disciples and says this, where is your faith? That's an interesting question. Not where like location, like, oh, your faith, you don't have any faith. No, you don't have any faith. Or you don't have small enough faith. You don't. He's not talking about where is it located. He's talking about proximity. He's talking about fear being more than your faith. Where is your faith? What's the proximity of your faith with your fear? You're never going to get rid of all your fears. But you should be able to grow your faith to be over your fear. That's what Jesus is asking them. Faith, the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, means confidence in the future based off of proven promises and results of the past. I have confidence in the future based off proven promises of the past. I believe the Golden Gate Bridge is going to stand when I cross it on the car because it's been proven over 
generations that it stands when cars cross it. I have confidence my wife is going to be here tomorrow and still be my wife because I have 30-some years, 36 years, I better get that right, of proven past results. I have confidence that God will be glorified tomorrow because he's been glorified for centuries before. I have confidence in the promises of God because he's proven those promises to be true every single time. That's faith. Okay? Where's your faith? Isn't it funny how we always default to I'm afraid? I'm afraid of fill in the blank. Come on. If you're human, you have fears. At least someone say amen to that. What are you afraid of? Here's what I want you to do. Just, I'm going to pause. This is a good time for us to interact for just a second. Turn to somebody around you next to you and just say, you know what? I'm afraid of what? Just say it. I'm afraid of, name it. Own it. What are you afraid of? I'm afraid of what? Come on. This is an all play here. Jesus would say, where's your faith in that? I thought of this a couple weeks ago. I started just saying this in my head. I'm starting to say it out loud more and more. I'm trying to practice changing my language. Instead of saying, I'm afraid of, replace that with, I have faith in. I'm afraid of being alone. No, I have faith. I am never alone. I'm afraid of something bad happening. No, I'm faith. I believe and I have faith in what God is currently doing. I'm afraid the market's going to crash. No, I'm going to be, I have faith that God will always provide. I'm afraid of missing out. That's a big one for me. Anybody else? That old FOMO thing. I have faith that God's using me right where I'm at. I'm afraid of not having enough. No, I have faith in having all I need. I'm afraid of losing a friend or a relationship. No, I have faith God's going to build true relationships in my life. I'm afraid of failing. That's a big one for me. No, I have faith that God's going to make me successful the way he wants me. I'm afraid of the storm. I'm afraid of dying. I'm afraid of a virus. I'm afraid of, fill in the blank, loss, rejection, pain, loneliness, grief, losing my children. I have faith in the captain. I have faith that God always loves me. I have faith that he's in charge. He's God. I have faith that he's got a purpose in everything he does with my life. I have faith that there's eternal life and I already have faith that that promise is going to come true because he came back from the dead. Afraid or faith? Where's yours?
Now there's the test. That's what the boys in the boat were supposed to learn. Back it up. To a parable about seeds. Throw some seed out on the hard path, and the hard path won't receive it, won't even accept it, doesn't want to receive it, so it just fades away. Throw seed out on the rocky path. It starts to grow, it's good, but then things happen. And I quit believing in the seed because I want to believe in myself. Throw seed out on the thorny path. It grows for a while, but then things come along and choke it out. Throw seed path on the, on the good soil. And you know what? It keeps producing and it keeps growing and it keeps dropping seed. And that keeps producing and growing and multiplies. Disciples say, I don't get it. Now let's look at the meaning. See if this doesn't match the test. It says in verse 11, Those along the path, here's how he says, this is the meaning of the parable, the seed that is, is the word of God, the truth of God, the promises of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear the word of God, and then the devil comes and snatches it away from their hearts so that they don't even believe and are saved, won't even receive it. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root, and they believe for a while, and here it is, but in the time of, what's the word? testing, they fall away. Then there's the seed that fell among thorns, stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way in life, they get choked out by life's worries and riches and pleasures, and they don't mature. But, guys, the seed that falls on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and then by persevering produce a crop that can be up to a hundredfold. Listen to that again. Those who receive and retain and persevere with his truth, with his promises, will produce the crop in your life. Here's your crossroads. When you face fears, whatever they are, are you going to let the fear have charge? Or are you going to let his word have charge? The way to defeat fear is to receive, retain, and persevere in what his word says. I'm going to say it again. The way to overcome your fears and mine is to receive, retain, and persevere in what his word promises. So I got to receive it. Can't argue it away. Can't say, well, that's not what the world does. Can't say, oh, my best friends have been doing it that way and it works for them. Or this is a different way. It doesn't matter anymore what the Bible says. I've got to choose to not be hard in my heart and receive what God says because only his word is true. I've got to retain it. That's the discipline. That's not just hearing the information in class from God, but that's receiving it and then retaining it, disciplining myself to listen and learn it and go with it and keep hearing it over and over until I get it. That's the go into the ship and quit hiding out on the shore thing. I've got to live it. And then I've got to persevere when the storms come. I had to stick to the truth of his word instead of crying out in fear like I'm going to die. 
Because his word is true. Friends, you're probably going to walk out. If some of you walked in with fear and you still got a little bit of fear going on. I'm not suggesting we get rid of the fear. I'm suggesting we got to grow our faith in what he promises. Next Sunday is our anniversary Sunday. It's been 18 years since we started the church. Diane and I, this, our journey started two years prior to that. I'll tell that story next week. But I had this one moment. I get so real, I get emotional just talking about it. Diane and I came back, and we knew that God was calling us into ministry, and so I found this partner to take my partnership over in the business I was running, and, and her name was Dina. She got started. I was training her, and then the day came where I saw the for sale sign on the yard, and it all of a sudden became real. I saw that thing that day and I thought, what in the world am I doing? If I'm going through a midlife crisis, let me just go get the red Corvette and get it over with. <laughs> the next day I had a meeting, had a new client for our company. Dina was going with me and we were going to this customer. It was an OSU, Ohio State University Aviation Department. I was so excited about meeting them. I wanted to work with them and I'm thinking, what am I doing? We're talking a month or so. I'll be gone from here. I, I, I just about lost it. When the client left the meeting, it was just Dean and I. She turns to me and she says, Scott, what's wrong with you? You're not yourself. And I said, no, I'm scared. I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to do the wrong thing. I don't want to put my family in burden. I, what am I doing? i got a great job. i got a great career. We've got a good business. We've got a great thing going here. What am I doing? She said, Scott, don't you know? God would never call you if he didn't have something better for you. God wouldn't put you in a position and then not take care of it. And what you're about to do is far greater than anything you would do here. I had no idea how right she was. But in the midst of the fear, I let the fear have charge of my faith for a minute. Anybody there today? We have a God who's given us victory. He answers every promise. He's got your needs met. So instead of being afraid of, let's be, have faith about. Let's choose to trust the captain instead of focusing on the storm. Amen? Jesus, that's what we need your help with. <laughs> we cry out ourselves all the time. We need your help. Not because we're going to die from a storm. We need your help to grow our faith your promises. So today, help that seed of your promises come into our hearts. Break up the hard ground that makes us not want to listen. Stir up the ground so that the soil won't be rocky and we can produce 
the plant of faith in our lives that you want us to have. And continue to remove all of the distractions, all of the thorns that keep us from producing the results you want. I pray today that we would see that parable of the seed in a different way. As a call to faith, to belief, to hunger for your word, to discipline ourselves in retaining it and then persevering with it so that you can do your great work in us. Bless us as you do. And may you get all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Thank you for listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. If you would like to support us as we pursue God and love people one at a time, please consider a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeycc.net slash giving.